Most of us are prepared, to some extent, to make alterations in how we live for the sake of the planet in the hope of preventing further climate change, biodiversity loss and environmental degradation. But what does, to some extent, mean? How far are we really willing to go when it comes to making compromises in our daily lives? Welcome back to the Green Deal podcast. In this episode, our journalists in the Euronet Plus network have spoken to people across the EU to find out what their limits are and to try to understand what would help to overcome them. I'd like to be greener and be able, for example, to cycle to work. But unfortunately, the route isn't safe and this is something I need to think about. I'd also like to be able to buy more organic products, but I don't because I'm not convinced they're really organic. I don't use public transport that much because it's a problem getting my children to school. It's difficult to make the logistics work when you not only have to go to work, but you also have to take the kids to school. And the routes don't always fit together nicely. I wouldn't want to agree to a life of reduced energy consumption to preserve nature, and I wouldn't agree to a life with reduced use of a car due to pollution, but I would agree to avoid using single-use plastics, because I see the point in that. We have just heard a few European citizens interviewed by Khadir Nasensa Cristina Nascimento in Portugal and by Tonchi Petric in Croatia, outlining the limits to their ecological commitments. I imagine that, like them, we all have limits, and mine are probably not the same as yours. Some people cannot give up their exotic holidays. Others are die-hard carnivores or consume imported avocados all year round. There are also the many followers of fast fashion and, of course, those who cannot do without their car. With so many factors influencing our personal impact on the planet, It is not always easy to make the most intelligent compromises when it comes to living a greener life. Polish radio journalist Kasia Seman asked Dominika Blaśnicka Ciacek, a sociologist at Warsaw University, if she can provide an explanation of human behavior in this regard. Most of us, some studies suggest three quarters of Polish society, others up to 80 or 90 percent, agree in principle that the state of our planet is serious and requires action. These opinions have not been changed by other crises, neither the pandemic nor the ongoing war in Ukraine. So we know that the climate crisis is a fact, but we're not fully aware of what this means and how serious it is. At the same time, households take a number of environmentally friendly steps. It's common to sort our rubbish, for example. We limit the use of plastic, we save water. Many of the activities we undertake are easily justified by savings, to improve our own household budget, but also for health and beauty reasons. These are all very utilitarian considerations. Concern for the planet and for its well-being is a secondary consideration. So we take various environmentally friendly actions, not for the benefit of the planet, but for our own benefit. In our research, people claim to be ready for change. But it seems that this change is not a very radical one. We're willing to do a few things that slightly correct our lifestyle. 
But the idea of ditching the car when commuting to work already seems too radical for many of us. Using less plastic, wasting less water, consuming less energy, all of those things are welcomed by modern nature. But when it comes to limiting our carbon footprint, a study published by the Lund University in Sweden shows that the most significant steps we could take are opting for a plant-based diet, which saves almost a ton of carbon dioxide equivalents per person per year. Minimizing air travel, with every transatlantic flight avoided saving 1.6 tons, and ditching the car, leading to an annual saving of 2.4 tons. Having fewer children is also kinder for the planet, according to the study. But it's easy to feel that our actions as individuals, actions that require a lot of effort on our part, make only the tiniest difference in the grand scheme of things. And we are rarely given a helping hand to go further. Take the example of packaging. You might imagine that we have already turned a corner in this area, given our increasing efforts over the last decade or so. Sadly not. In 2020, the EU produced 79 million tons of packaging waste, or 177 kilos per capita. This represents an 18% increase on 2009 levels. Some 40% of the plastics in the EU are used for packaging. As we know, plastic is famously difficult to recycle, with only a tiny fraction of this kind of waste able to be fully recycled. And even when it is the new plastic produced from it will still end up polluting nature one day in the form of nano or microplastics. Oh. But when we need carrots, and the only carrots in the shop are wrapped in plastic, we buy them anyway. Of course we do. And even when packaging free alternatives are on offer, they are often far more expensive. Points out Carl, a graphic designer from Zagreb, to journalists I absolutely support stopping the use of single-use plastics. I hope that one day everyone will use cloth bags because they are more durable, they are higher quality and they last longer. I think a lot of people use them for fashion reasons. But I would like to see a much lower price on these cloth bags because I know the real price per unit, 5 or 6 Croatian kuna. Yet, stores sell them at twice or three times this price. Of course, people will then continue to buy disposable plastic bags. And we hear a similar story from Amelie in Germany, who is speaking to our colleague Sina Volkan. It's always been the case that things that are packaged in glass are a little more expensive. Of course, this always varies a bit. With yogurt, the deposit jars always cost slightly more. It's also a question of what kind of food you buy. If you buy organic produce, then those prices haven't gone up as much as they have for other foods, such as supermarket-owned brands, which are often packaged in plastic. Claudia Chiozzotto from Altro Consumo, a consumer organization with 314,000 members, explains that in a survey of 1,200 Italian consumers, half of them reported that the cost of green products is indeed an obstacle. But the association's research shows that there are other factors too that come into play when consumers are confronted with a choice between green and less green options and that non-financial incentives, in particular access to clear information, also plays an important part. 
Chiozzotto is talking to Giulia Cannizzaro from Italy's Radio 24. Credo che il modo migliore per... I believe that the best way to help citizens and consumers make more sustainable choices is to make these choices easier. Sustainability should be facilitated for them. It should be incentivized, not only economically, but also by making sustainable choices easier and clearer. Access to information is very important. As a consumer organization, we do everything in our power to communicate correctly to citizens and companies about the choices we make and the consequences of those choices with an eye to sustainability. So as individuals, what incentives and support do we need for each and every one of us to feel willing and able to lead a more sustainable life? This is clearly an area where our public authorities need to work together with industry and consumers to get the wheels of this vital green transition firmly in motion. Gaia Bericelli, director of Humanotera, the Slovenian Foundation for Sustainable Development, tells RTV Slovenia's Ivo Koreš that indeed individuals must not be left alone to make the right choices. Instead, a systemic transformation is long overdue. The key issue here is not to point the finger at individuals and insist they take responsibility for this transformation themselves or to talk about our individual lifestyles. Here, it is society, our social system, that can encourage us to act more sustainably or not. How can I take the train from Novo Gorica to Maribor, for example, if there is no such train? In other words, let's demand these changes, these systemic changes, so that we can all live together more sustainably. But as a community, a society, a society that's designed in this greener way, so that we don't have to question whether every decision we make is the right one or the wrong one. Even when we talk about a change in mindset, we must be aware that this mindset is not simply a case of personal choices taken by standalone individuals who are somehow not influenced by everything around them. Rumiana Grozeva, executive director of the Agency for Regional Development in the Bulgarian town of Stara Zagora, could not agree more. She tells Ivko Ivanov at Bulgarian National Radio BNR that government and industry are already hard at work trying to make these systemic changes. Smart cities and smart systems that allow energy to be consumed in a balanced way. All of this is already underway. We're looking at five, six, seven years from now. Society is ready to take this step. We'll increasingly see smart solutions for our offices, our homes, our cars. New technologies go hand in hand with the energy transformation itself. And instead of disrupting our comfort, this transformation will only increase it. The point is to accept these changes. Because of the paradox that greener and organic options are often more expensive than the alternatives, during the economic crisis, many European citizens have ended up undoing some of their previous environmental progress. This is confirmed by Vibeke Mirtura Jensen, an environmental policy advisor at the Danish Consumer Council, in an interview with journalist Nikolai Zwinger. She suggests that last November, at the peak of the crisis, 35% of Danes were buying organic food less often than they had before. But, she counters, like their counterparts across the block, Danish citizens were at the same time adopting other green behavior by default, such as putting energy-saving measures in place at home and making other changes 
to their purchasing habits. The economic crisis combined with a climate crisis provides a really good motivation to think about how we consume. This does not mean that we must necessarily stop consuming, but we must think about consuming in a smarter way with a lower footprint. We can do this, among other things, by choosing certain products above others. And, above all, by considering what we need. Do we really need this product? If we do, then let's try to think circular. Buy something that's a little more durable, something of better quality. This will save resources, but it will also be better for our budget. So, if you sometimes feel bad about failing to strike quite the right balance between your environmental awareness and your daily life, you can see that you're not alone. But Europe is actually leading the global charge towards sustainability and everything we can do as citizens to support and promote this endeavour is worthwhile. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye.